A rock has been removed from a university for being racist. A former Trump advisor says that he is in for the 2024 race. Jen Psaki says that it's sexist to be called nice, and Italian protesters are burning their vaccine passports. We're gonna get into all this and more in just one second. Please drop this video a like, subscribe to the post notifications on new videos single day. Right now, go subscribe to see the to listen to the full episode of this podcast, the Joey Saladino Show on all the podcast apps. Go there, subscribe if you're listening on the on uh, Apple, go rate five stars and leave a nice comment. I read all the comments. Let's get right into this. So up on screen, I'm playing a video of Italian protesters in Italy burning their vaccine passports, and it seems like they're doing it in a big ceremony. Uh, they're they're playing music, they're saying things, and uh, it's been pretty hard finding some news articles on this. Uh, it seems like the, the mainstream media obviously wants to bury this, and it seems like this also happened a few days ago. So I'm going to try to give you all the information on this that I was able to find, and I, I can... Please share this, share this, because this might be the only way people will ever see this if you guys share this. So Italian, uh, Italy, vaccinated, burn their vaccine passports, it's a green pass, in solidarity with the unvaccinated. These were some of the comments. At least these people in Italy uh, have got a physical pass. In a couple months, you won't be able to do anything in UK unless you own a smartphone. So Italian protesters burn vaccine passports, born free, and will die free. That's what they said. In Italy, citizens are burning their vaccine passports to protest the government's authoritarian health mandates. Uh, Protests have erupted in 12 cities as people chant slogans such as born free and will die free. I was tweeted out by Stephen Hankey. Hank. John John Hopkins, University uh, Economist. That's who he is. So he seems like a credible person. Uh, another reason why they were burning the that I read why they were burning uh, their vaccine passports, and uh, I don't know if it's verifiably true, but either way, the point holds true. Another reason that they were doing it, they were burning it, which this does make sense. They were burning it in solidarity with the people who are unvaccinated. Because what's happening now, and we talked about this on the show, is that they're creating a, the governments— Democrats are creating a two-tier system that uh, of the countries where you're either vaccinated and you get to get your welfare, you get to get your free health care, you get to get your free this, your free that, your free other thing, you're allowed to go to the grocery stores, you're allowed to travel, you're allowed to go on vacation, you're allowed to do all these things. But if you're unvaccinated, you're not allowed to do anything and you don't qualify for anything. So people who were vaccinated don't like that there's becoming a two-tier system, a two-tier society in their society. So they were burning it in solidarity, saying, hey, you know, F, F the system, F, F these two, this two-tier system. We're all in this together. We're this, this, is, this is our country. You know, these are my fellow men, which makes sense. Me, personally, I completely agree with that. And I think people in America should start to do the same thing very soon. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I wouldn't be, I would not be opposed to a two-tier system if, it's a big if, if conservatives did not have to pay the high taxes that the Democrats were acquiring, if the people, if the conservatives didn't have to follow the rules that the Democrats are making, I am totally fine with the two-tier, this will never happen, obviously. I'm totally fine with the two-tier system where Republicans of the country can pick their president and the Democrats of the country can pick their president, and they follow the rules set in place by the president that they pick. 
I would not I would not be opposed to that. Obviously, that will never fly. That will never work. That will never happen. Um, honestly, mainly because the Democrats need to siphon resources from conservatives in order to fund their Democrat policies and their dependency policies. and The, the only way that socialism works, it, it will probably end up starting a war because then the Democrats will say, the damn Republicans are stealing from you. They're doing this. You know, they've been, that, that's their whole MO. You're only doing bad because somebody else. There's nothing to do with you. Oh, you're you're a minority and you can't get a job? Well, it's not your fault. That's the white people's fault from 300 years ago, so we must take the money from white people today. It, it's always somebody else's fault with these people. Get over it. We, we evolve with, with our society. Join our society. We don't give a damn anymore. I don't care if you're black, white, Mexican, Hispanic, whatever it is. I don't care if you're a damn dog. If you can do the work... I'll hire you. Well, I'm not hiring right now, obviously. Maybe maybe soon we'll hire some more people from this podcast because I'm doing the whole thing by myself. Editing, filming, writing it, uploading, managing it, whatever. So Jen Psaki says it is sexist to be called nice. And she said the White House press secretary told this to Vogue magazine that it's sexist when people describe her as nice in an interview published on Monday. Now, I've heard Jen Psaki called many things. Nice has never been one of them. Uh, Vesaki likened to be called nice to the sound of nails on a chalkboard. I mean, it's way better than the other names that she's, that being, that she's being called. I was introduced to a foreign delegation in the hallway the other day. This is Jen. You may have seen her do the briefings. She's a really nice person. I'm like, really? Vesaki told the outlet. You can't think of a better description? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're not competent. You're incompetent, so... Would you rather them call you incompetent where they say, you know, you're, you're horrible at your job? Well, the, 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 nice is the only positive word it seems like people can describe her as because everything else that you can describe her as will be completely an, a negative uh, derogatory comment. Uh, so, hey, hey, let's just go with nice. She, she's a nice person. She, she, seems, she seems sweet. She's not good at her job. Probably not so much, you know, a little, probably a little dumb. But at least she's nice. Sacking continued saying it's sexist and a little diminishing to describe her as nice. I, I've never heard of nice being a, a term, uh, I guess, associated to women ever. My, my girlfriend literally, like the other day, uh, I think she, oh no, never mind. She didn't say nice. She said, I trust this person. Um, anyways, I, I call people nice all the time. Oh, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Or good. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good fella. It's also this desire to put people in a box, she added. Yes, sometimes I'm friendly and joyful, and sometimes I'm rough, and sometimes I'm straightforward. So what, what do you want them, how do you want them to describe you? Should, should they describe you? This is she, her, Psaki. She is friendly, joyful, and tough sometimes. That's who she is. What? She's nice. She'll take care of you. She's a good person. I trust her. She's nice. She, like, What? Why, why is that such? Why is that such a like a? I'm just trying to use nice in other sentences and and use these other words that they might find to me. Uh, but here, this is a photo from Vogue magazine. If you're listening, obviously you can't see it, but it's so funny watching these leftists, uh, these leftist uh, media organizations trying to glamorize this administration. Let's just be real, Basaki. She's not an attractive looking person, um, and it's just funny how they they try to put her up like this. Um, but it's 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 even funnier. 
it's not, it's not really funny. I guess it's it's more of a it shows how the left uh, how their bias is. Kellyanne McAway, I don't know how to pronounce her name. She was way more attractive, way smarter, amazing at her job. And that's not even, like, even if you're on the left and you're a Democrat and you don't agree with her, you can't deny she's infinitely better at her, jo at her job than Psaki. Also, you can't deny that uh, Melania Trump is infinitely more attractive than the last few decades for, for, for as far as probably... Probably almost in history, she's probably the most attractive first lady. And did they get treatment like this from leftist magazines and glamour mag magazines? Um, you know, did they make covers of magazines? To my knowledge, no. Vogue article praised the press secretary for not complaining about CNN's coverage or spouting flagrant, easily disprovable lies. An apparent dig at the former press secretary, Kelly McCainy who often echoed former President Donald Trump's frequent criticisms of the media. Did they praise the secretary for not complaining about CNN's coverage? Uh, maybe because CNN... The, what? Like, why would she complain about CNN's co coverage? They're literally one in the same. CNN is literally a part of the Biden administration. Why would she complain about them? You know, we'd, we're just praising you. Imagine that. Imagine that being praised for not complaining about the mainstream media that's in your back pocket that supports you every every step of the way. Imagine not complaining about that. That's 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 the best compliment you can give the White House press secretary for not complaining about the media that's going to bat for them. The magazine described how most White House reporters are a fan of Psaki and explained her style was to develop a personal rapport with journalists. So the magazine Describe how most reporters, imagine that, reporters are fans of the White House press secretary. And they, and literally one paragraph before that, they said they were praising her for not complaining about CNN's coverage. Meanwhile, in the following sentence, that the reporters and the journalists are fans of hers. Who wrote this thing? Do these people writing this, not, do people reading this really not, not see this? Vogue traditionally features political figures, especially first ladies. The magazine faced scrutiny from the Trump uh, White House when it uh, snubbed former first lady Melania and decided not to put her on the cover. Vogue returned to, a tra to traditional photographing first ladies with Jill Biden, who is featured on the August cover. A former Trump advisor says he's in for 2024 race. I mean, he says Trump's going to run. This is from Sean Spicer. Uh, for months, many have found themselves questioning whether Donald Trump would run for the president once again or he would allow a younger face like Ron DeSantis to take his place. Has this question finally been answered? According to the to the Washington Examiner, Trump's former advisor and press secretary, Sean Spicer, has some insights. He's in. Spicer allegedly said in an interview with the Examiner regarding his upcoming book, Trump himself has dropped many hints but also sent mixed messages. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go out of win here and say, listen, I think Trump's going to run, obviously. But it seems like every single month there's somebody else that was once close to Trump or once you know, met Trump that's like, well, it looks like he's going to run. And, it, and it, it, in my personal opinion, I think all these people that have the inside scoop saying Trump's going to run – are just doing it for media coverage. They're doing it for attention. It even says it right here. He's in, Spicer allegedly said in an interview with the Examiner regarding his upcoming book.
Is this Sean Spicer's book? Is this is this going to be? Is this just pretty much a way for him to promote his his own book? Let's see, Sean Spicer book. I'm pretty sure it's Sean's book, uh, "Leading America: President Trump Commitment to People, Patriotism, and Capitalism." A little bit long of a title. New Sean Spicer book, MAGA All the Way. Let's just be real here. I, I don't know much about Sean Spicer. I don't really care for him. I don't got really bad things to say about him or whatever. But in my personal opinion, from someone who's a, an expert and a genius in marketing and getting attention on things, I would have to say he's only doing this to increase his book sales. And he's obviously using the MAGA movement to increase his book sales as well when you call it MAGA all the way. Also, I, I don't doubt that they're like, I'm not trying to... Um, tarnish him obviously I, I don't there's people who do things like i it's hard to say i think it's a good marketing move from the marketing point of view and i'm sure he will as long as that book adds value to the maga movement as long as what he's doing is adding value to the maga movement i do not mind go for it there are i'm not saying he's a grifter obviously there's grifting going around everyone's a, everyone's a freaking grifter me making a podcast talking about the news, you can consider that grifting, okay? Everyone's grifting if you're an influencer in this space and trying to get sales. It's all a grift for everybody. I don't know if that's even the right word to describe for everybody. It's grifting to a certain extent. But as long as you're adding value to the movement, as long as you're you're helping the movement, then I don't consider that a grift anymore. You know, there are other podcasters that are making millions of dollars a month. There are websites, conservative websites, making millions of dollars a month, you know, and they're they're going hardcore MAGA, you know, they know their audience, they knew, know who they want to go to, but are they adding value? You know, Daily Caller, I would have to say American Now, they're, in my opinion, they're adding value. They're getting news out there that wouldn't get out there otherwise. Is I don't know much about Sean Spicer. Was he fired? Did he quit? What did he go on to do? What was, I don't know much about him. I don't even want to make that assumption. But it seems like he kind of went about this to um, get some press for his book. On June 30th, at the border in in Wilcaso, Trump asked Texas Governor, Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Patrick if he would be his campaign manager in 2024. But then he remarked, maybe we can, maybe we don't have to, maybe we won't even have to. That was back when he was saying that um, it's possible the election might be flipped back to him after they do the audits, but... Let's be real. That's probably not going to happen. Sorry to burst people's bubbles. It's probably not going to happen, even though I do believe that Trump was the true winner of the election. I still don't think, you know what I mean? Let's just be real with ourselves. The Democrats have been the void of the truth for the last few decades. And they, they're just too in bed. they got too much power. We need to start really chipping away at their power that they have. We need to just work on the future, work on securing the elections, work on fixing this country, worry about ourselves as well as worrying about our fellow patriots. We need to work on flipping uh, swing states. We need to work on keeping red states red. We need to work on those things. For instance, if you're living in Los Angeles, I would recommend you move to Nevada because only 30,000 more votes will flip Nevada red. And Nevada could, in my opinion, be deep red for a very long time. I think it's possible. If all these Republicans, if all these Republicans are uh, leaving California to go to Nevada, I mean, hey, 
if we influx 100,000 Republicans, net positive 100,000 Republicans, boom, that, that will put us in the lead by 70,000 votes, which would be a large portion of the voting population. And it could be red for a really long time. Because you got to think, California, how many Republicans are there? Probably, let's just say, estimate 5 to 10 million Republicans is probably the low ball. I really don't know. I really don't know. I know there's like, what, 40 million people live there. So let's just say 5 million Republicans. If 200,000 of those Republicans move to Nevada, boom, Nevada's red for a very long time. And that's an easy state, easy flip, and we can keep it red. And under Democrat tyrannical rule, especially when it comes to the federal government, it is more more beneficial to uh, live in red, deep red states like Florida and Texas. I think Nevada can be like that uh, because when the federal government goes kaputs, you want to be in a good red state. So a rock has been removed for being racist. Yes, you have read that right. Can rocks be racist according to the University of Wisconsin? Yes. Breaking University of Wisconsin removes Chamberlain Rock, seen as a sign of racism. The University of Wisconsin removed a large 70-ton boulder from the, its Madison campus on Friday at request of minority students who view the rock as a symbol of racism. Fox News reported the University of Wisconsin removed a controversial boulder from its Madison campus Friday after the, after the Black Student Union and other activists objected to its description uh, nearly 100 years ago as a racial slur. Chamberlain, Chamberlain Rock, which rests up atop Observatory Hill, is named after 19th century geologist and former university president Thomas Crowder Chamberlain whose work centered around glacial deposits, according to, in, in, uh, to a bio on the university's website. The piece of the university uh, was removed the campus. Um, found, they found a near-centrally old Wisconsin State Journal article that described the rock using the— so someone else described the rock with a racial slur in 1925. No other reference— to the rock was made ever using this racially charged language. The description of N head was thrust onto the rock one singular time. The description had nothing to do with the boulder or its history on Observatory Hill. The rock was excavated a place uh, atop the hill in 1925 by the university in honor in order to honor the dying pre, uh, former president Thomas Crowder Chamberlain. The boulder was large, rare, and believed to be 2 billion years old. Geologists of the time believed that the rock had been carried from Wisconsin to Canada by glaciers. That's right, a 2 billion year old rock that came here through the glaciers has been canceled. It, this thing survived all of that, but it could not survive a leftist university canceling it. Literally, this, this is, you, you know how people being canceled, there are people who get canceled for tweets from like five to ten years ago when they get fired from their job and removed from their work. This damn rock is two billion years old and was canceled for something that somebody else said about it 100 years ago in a journal. There's, there's being canceled on Twitter, uh, canceling humans on Twitter for things that they said less than a decade ago or about a decade ago. Then I don't even know where to put this on that scale of canceling a rock from something someone else said a hundred years ago about it. Where does that even align? I would say 
Canceling someone on Twitter like that would probably be level one. And then canceling a rock like that would probably be level one billion or one million, scalably. Like, that is so far ridiculous. And that's where the left is going. And then this is you, typically when times are good in a country, that's when leftism is born. That's when the Democrats reign supreme because everything's going good. Everything's go lucky. So what do we do? We need to make problems. We can't just enjoy what we have or make what we have better. They need to just create problems, and that's what they're doing. And the only reason why I say you know things have been going good, I guess, I would say more from a historical point of view, even when things are bad in this country, for the most part, they're still pretty good. We all got food on our table. Most of us, you know, for the most part, we all got roofs over our heads. Um, you know, it's just the, the hardships of what, how the hardships were lived 50 to 100 years ago versus how the hardships are lived now are, is not even comparable. Uh, we're still living in the best time in human history, um, and we'll continue, us conservatives, we got the whole world on our back. We got to make sure we're productive members of society. We got to make sure we're educating the youth and making sure the youth can come in uh, and the next generation can come up and, and continue to keep prosperity going and make things better. It, it's hard because let's just be real. Let's just be real. The leftists, they're holding us back. They're dragging us down. We would be so much better without them, as you can see, in, in states that have less leftists are doing the best. States who have the most leftists are doing the worst. It's a fact. Anyway, guys, thank you for watching. Please subscribe to the video, like, subscribe to the notifications on new video every single day. Go listen to the full episode of the show, the Joey Saladino Show, and all the podcast apps. Go there, subscribe right now, rate five stars, and leave a nice review. I read all the reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I actually enjoy reading them because it's kind of got to go out of your way to write them. So I really enjoy them. I even like the constructive criticism. Um, if you support the show, the show is completely fun and supported by you guys. If you become a Patreon or a channel member on YouTube or Facebook or Patreon, whatever it is, I'll give you a call to say thank you. Just give me some time to go to the calls. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Peace out.